like to welcome to the podcast today, Ashil Parag. Ashil is a visual designer and brand strategist. He has founded and co-founded a number of companies, both in the profit and nonprofit sectors. Thank you for coming. I'm excited to be here. I love it. Your yeah, bio is the shortest time. bio I've ever seen, and I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I'm not excited. <laughs> You're super Keep exciting. We got lots of things to talk about. Um, what was your first job? Oh man! So it was the day I turned sixteen, um, and I wasn't—I I, wasn't—it wasn't something that was forced upon me by my parents or anything. But the day I turned sixteen, I was like, "I'm gonna go and get a job," and I worked at a movie theater. I love it. Yeah, and so I worked. Um, the hierarchy structure was you worked in the concession stand and then that's kind of where everybody kind of starts. And then you get to move out and become an usher on the floor, which is taking care of the lobby and all the houses and making sure everything's clean after the fact. And then um, and then there's the box office and then there's like the projection. So I, I stuck around at the at the usher level. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I ran the floor for a little You're while. You're like level two. That's yeah, good that's enough. where I like to be. Yeah. What did you do after that? Um, so that was my only job up until college. Um, and then even intermittently through college, I would work summers at the, at the movie theater back when I would come back home. Um, but then typically as soon as, as soon as I got into school, um, I started taking on just internships and doing graphic design and branding work. And so my first kind of internship in the design space was working for this guy. Um, and I would basically designed Domino's ads that went in the yellow pages and so <laughs> nothing sexy by any means but it was my first design job so what do you mean design Domino's what does that mean Domino's so Domino's pizzas oh so, yeah so Domino's pizzas had all these various locations in the you know in 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 basically all all up and down the eastern seaboard mm -hmm. and um I would take out and design ads for Domino's and they would That's go inside so cool. the yellow pages I love it so yeah. my next question how was how did you get started in graphic design yeah so I actually start out in architecture, I've forever, ever growing up, um, without a question, I, I knew that I wanted to be an architect. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so my first year at school was in the architecture program, and I quickly realized how much I disliked math. <laughs> and um, but I still wanted to have that element of design and creativity. Um, and so design and visual branding uh, was a very natural segue for me. Um, and so it was it was a pretty quick pivot for me in my mind. But it, it started out with architecture and then went to branding um, and design, just visual design. Um, which for awesome. for no other reason other than my my uh, my my hate for for math. So funny though, but art is math, right? Yeah, ab absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is. And as a matter of fact, um, w one of my favorite bands uh, they became really really well known because they would uh, they would write songs according to the Fibonacci sequence, which mm -hmm. is you know the the, the spiral. Um, and so it was uh, it, it's relevant everywhere. It's it's it, math is obviously everywhere. Um, but I didn't want to be the one doing it. I wanted to appreciate it from afar, and that was gonna be <laughs> Just, that was gonna be my that was gonna be my ceiling with math. It's so funny to yeah. me. Um, yeah, because people are always telling me how I'm good at math. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we do plus minus times and divide right, around right, here. Right, There's right. not like right. no like crazy algorithms. Yeah. So sometimes I have to break out the algebra. Yeah. yeah. But then I have to remember how it works and then like, you know, build it into a spreadsheet formula so I don't ever have to think about it sure, again, of right? Course. Like, yeah. we don't do math. Automation is everything. <laughs> There's no math. <laughs> um, so, what have been some of your favorite design and branding projects? Um, so. Let's see, I was able to, so my roots in design um, 
were with the music industry. Mm -hmm. And so I had moved from, so I went to school in Knoxville and then I really wanted to work within music. And it was either going out to LA or going to New York or going to Nashville. That's where music was. And mm -hmm. I was from, you know, I was in, I grew up in Memphis, went to school in Knoxville and LA and New York seemed like uh, it was gonna be too far for me and Nashville was too close to home for me. And so I kind of naturally landed in Atlanta and Atlanta had a thriving, art scene and a production scene. Um, it was uh, it was an up and coming in, in production space, but it had a lot of music. And so um, a lot of my first kinds of attempts or w real work came working with promoters and um, managers and A&R reps and record labels, really small ones. Um, but so some of the most exciting work that I did was working then. And I was able to, I was able to do, um, uh, album covers for a couple of, for a couple of artists. And so that was exciting. Um, people that I, I can't imagine anybody would know right now. <laughs> um, but I was able to do a little bit of work, uh, for, for some musicians back in, in Atlanta. But I think, uh, the most rewarding work for me, even to this day comes from doing design and branding for nonprofits. And mm -hmm. so I was on a founding board of directors for a nonprofit in Atlanta called Wonder Root. And, um, I was, uh, able to do a lot of their kind of brand strategy early on and mm -hmm. designing the interior space of the building, um, as well as a lot of the collateral that we'd use. Um, and then I've also done a lot of work for um, uh, a homeless, a homeless youth, homeless uh, nonprofit oh, in cool. San Francisco called Larkin Street. And so that was always really rewarding for me, um, being able to do their their growth campaigns and various funding um, collateral. Um, and I'm currently uh, do a lot of design for a company called Instruction Partners out in Nashville. And so everything that I do that's designed that's for for nonprofits um, is the most rewarding work. And I don't know if that, I don't know, it sounds like a little bit of a cliche, but I think, I think when there's, when there's value and reward in the, the community that it serves, then you're excited to do that work. Mm -hmm. And so kind of the most rewarding stuff comes from all the nonprofits that I do. I love for. that. I love that. That was, you just answered my next question too. So let's talk about modify watches. Um, yeah. How did you guys get started? Mm. It was, um, it's, it was a fun story. So, um, I had my partner, well, two early partners, when I, when they both graduated from, from, from business school, um, at Haas in, in San Francisco. And so my cousin actually went, was a classmate of one of the founders and he introduced me to him cause he was working on a project while he was in business school. And so he said, just call my cousin. He's in Atlanta. He does visual branding stuff. He'll take care of you. And so he called out to you. He reached out to me and then we had a really good working relationship immediately. Um, we kind of saw eye to eye on just professionally, but even personally, mm -hmm. we became really good friends really quickly. And so once he graduated school, him and I, my other partner, um, they kind of had this plans to start this company, which they kind of just accidentally landed on because one of the one of the guys had gone to to Korea uh, to in, uh, to interview for Samsung, and then when mm -hmm. he came back, he brought back a bunch of these watches, and he showed my other business partner. He's like, "Hey, these are cool. Let's sell these to our friends and family before we go get real jobs." And so, so then he called. So one of my one of my partners calls me up, calls me up, and says like, "Hey." If you don't have anything going on, would you mind designing some or brain, doing some branding work for this watch company? Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
sure, absolutely. I mm-hmm. can I can do that. And then a few weeks goes by and he's like, hey, would you mind designing watches? And then a few more weeks goes by and, hey, would you mind designing a watch for Facebook? And it's like, um, so what, what was supposed to have a really quick expiration date, which was supposed to be three months to four months, it was going to be a summer project before he started his real job and before we, he started his real career. Um, and then that ended up being an eight-year project, um, and which just got sold uh, recently or earlier this year. And so uh, it, it was all the right place at the right time and kind of accidental and kind of being opportunistic. That's really cool. So what were um, some of the biggest obstacles in growing Modify Watches? Um, so... It was a period of time when uh, it was before smartwatches Uh and it was a time when kind of watches were a little bit forgotten Mm -hmm. um, with the wave of iPads and laptops and computers and every other thing that tells time. You didn't really need a watch anymore. Mm -hmm. And so um, here we are. We came into a period of time where people had kind of forgotten about watches and they didn't really need them and they didn't have any functional element for them in their lives. And so um, the biggest challenge was how to reintroduce them as part of like a lifestyle, like an element that people wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the bigger problems or uh, challenges was trying to reintroduce people to wearing watches, right? Like this can be something that's not just an afterthought, but it can be something that is very forefront in the way that you get dressed in the morning and how you can make it yours and it doesn't have to be stale and stagnant. And yeah. so how is um, it an accessory, not a not really a functional piece? So yeah, so the the idea about the company was it was also meant to be modular and interchangeable, meaning mm-hmm. the faces would come apart from the bands and the straps that you would wear them with. And so you could collect any number of designs of faces and then collect a number of band colors and mm. then mix them match and swap swap them out. And so you could wear one watch with a face on it, you know, at work, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of conservative. And then if you wanted to go out and go to the bars, you could change out the strap and all of a sudden you've got a very, you know, outgoing fun watch. And then if you want to wear it while you're at the beach and you want something fun and funky, mm-hmm. you can change out the strap again. And so, you know, you would have five faces and 10 straps and all of a sudden you've got a lot of different looks for literally any occasion in your life. So you could you could pair it with um, with a suit or a tuxedo if you wanted to, mm-hmm. or you could wear that same watch with um, you know at the beach. And so um, so it, it was exciting in that we you could celebrate your identities and mm-hmm. make it kind of your own and have it be um, multifunctional, um, even that. though it was an analog watch. <laughs> it's an analog yeah. Watch. So what were the greatest successes in growing um, Modify Watches? I mean, you guys just sold the business. So you know, how did yeah. you guys get there? Um, so one of the biggest elements, um, so we had a number of different sales channels, right? Where we were, you know, we were, uh, we had a website and so you could purchase them mm-hmm. like you would anything else online. Um, and then we were in wholesale. So we would try to get them into, um, into stores, into boutiques around the country. Um, but what we quickly learned was that there was also a market for uh, companies or whether they were large or small to customize their watch. Because not only were we, were we, um, interchangeable and modular in the way that straps and faces could be changed. Um, But then we were able to create, we were able to design companies branding on these watches and so they would use them as swag and so so one of our very first clients was um was facebook and facebook was getting ready to celebrate their seventh year i know it's crazy where that where the time was gone but they were going to celebrate their seventh year and they thought that would be cool to give all of their employees a branded facebook watch that was not branded but it was definitely facebook Mm -hmm. and so they they let they asked us if we could design custom watches for them and at that point we hadn't but we're like 
you know, as a young company, you always say yes. If somebody asks you if they want to buy something from you, and even if you don't have it, you say yes. So you know, figure out a way to make it. And so that's kind of what happened. Facebook asked us if we could if we could give them 3000 watches. And so um, so we kind of uh, just landed kind of in that space, uh, the B2B space. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, of the success of the company came from us being able to work with companies for their swag items or their giveaways or their gifts, um, end of year gifts, um, et cetera. And so that's really cool. Yeah, we got to work with a lot of cool a lot of cool companies. And so you guys also had like the NFL, so you had all the brands. So, so many, many years later, then we started doing licensing. Our first mm -hmm. steps with licensing were smaller brands like um, like Domo or Tetris. Like I say small, but like um, Domo, uh, Tetris, like those those types of things. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then we got into the, the sports. And so we got into um, Major League uh, Major League Baseball and the NBA, um, NHL, MLS, and eventually the NFL as well. That's right. Really and cool. so we were able to grow the company into uh, with without with with licensing, and so we were able to get into almost every stadium in the country um, of the major sports leagues. And so it was uh, that was that was another kind of a big next step for us. That's awesome. So you guys just sold the sold, just sold right to mm -hmm. Custom Inc. And what was correct. that process? What was that process like? I think people are always like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, we have an exit strategy. Was that your yeah. exit strategy, or so just kind of happened? It was all. Um, they were always on our shortlist. Mm -hmm. We always thought someday if if this company would buy us, then we would be really, really excited. And so that was definitely one of the companies. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, it was it was definitely a long process, um, one in which probably my, my business partner uh, learned a lot more than I did because um, while I am a lot of things, I uh, I I tend to stay. I, I, I don't add a lot of value to that part of the business, right? Like, um, and so, like, I'm a visual designer, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm branding, and um, I, I can I can beautify things and make people feel like they belong to something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can do all of those things really great. Um, so, but my business partner, he was he he was the one who um, piloted all those efforts for finding those companies, talking to them. Um, finding uh, finding mutual benefits and, and stuff like that. And so it was a, it was a long process, um, one in which uh, you def I definitely learned a lot more about business than I ever thought I would ever. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was it was it was a long process and one in which is uh, not for the faint of heart. Oh, my gosh. I know. I have a couple clients who was like business have been purchased. Yeah. Like I wasn't involved in any of that. Sure. They're just like you know, like the reams of paper and like, sure. you know, they're like, this is a three year process and getting sure. this thing sold. And I'm just like, you have more stamina than yeah. I think, you yeah. know, but yeah. entrepreneurs have that stamina sure. a lot of the time. So tell us about some of your current projects. You guys have a candle company, right? Yeah. And so, um, back in 2014, um, while we were, or 15, where we were living out in California and, um, we were in San Francisco and we were pregnant with our second child and my wife decided I don't want to go back to my corporate life. Her her corporate life, I mean, her, her prior life was in hospitality mm -hmm. and events and um, and it was long, grueling hours and long days and weekends and nights. And that was not something that she was interested in doing. And so um, she was at home at that point with our then two year old and um, we were living in, in we were living forty minutes outside of the city. Uh, she, our 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 daughter was not in school. We were in an apartment complex, and so everyone was transient. So we didn't really meet neighbors. Mm -hmm. She wasn't in daycare, so we weren't meeting any other parents. Um, 
we were 40 minutes from the city, so it was very rare for her to come in and out of the city to see um, our coworkers. And so our social lives were really, really small. And um, we kind of felt a little bit paralyzed by that. And so she was at home with my two and a half year old for all day long. And she was just going out of her mind and mm -hmm. she wanted to work and she wanted to contribute and she wanted to exercise her brain. And so she's like, I've got to do something and I don't want to go back to the, the Great. all these jobs that I used to have. And um, she's like, you know what? I'm going to start a company. I was like, I can help you and I will support you in whatever efforts you want. And so she's like, I'm going to start a soap company. I was like, fantastic. I love soap. <laughs> Two days later, I hate soap. I'm not going to do soap anymore. And it was in the middle of, after she came to, so first realization, I'm going to start a company. Great. Mm -hmm. Second realization, I don't want to start a company that I kind of thought I had. The third realization happened in the middle of the night, literally happened in the middle of the night. She shot out of bed and she's like, I know what I'm going to do. And it's not going to be soap. I'm going to make candles and they're going to be awesome, premium, uh, uh, economical candles. They're going to be environmentally friendly. There's going to be a, um, a, uh, a give back component. And I was like, I love this company. I love it so hard. <laughs> and, um, and so why, while, while modify was happening during the day for me, I would come home and brainstorm with her about how we were going to build this company. And we would chalkboard, um, all, all over the walls. And we, we built this company. Um, uh, it's called Carmelit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the idea of the company was to be able to create, like I said, a, a premium candle mm -hmm. for the masses, right? Something that you didn't have to spend more than 30 or 40 or $50 on a candle shouldn't cost that much. Mm -hmm. It just shouldn't. It just burns away. And right. it shouldn't cost <laughs> that much good. to have a great candle. And so um, so she built this company. Um, so her and I uh, figured out that we wanted to have, uh, have it be locally sourced, mm -hmm. right? And so we wanted to have it all be soy wax and um, harvested by American farmers and made, she wanted to hand pour them herself. Mm -hmm. And so that was the company that we built. And so here we are um, four years later, five, I guess five years later now. And so Carmelit is thriving. She is, um, she does the day-to-day -day ops and I will kind of help her with like the long, long lead and kind of um, big picture kinds of things while I do all the branding stuff. For that She's as well. Still hand pouring them? She does. She does. Oh my we, gosh. We hand pour them. And like I said, so we, so we built out our basement. So we've got a thousand square foot basement that we turned into our studio um, with, you know, with ventilation and tables and like just space and storage, like just space to be able to run our company. And so, um, and one of the biggest element, another big element of us, how we designed this company was we wanted to be ultra present with our children, right? Mm -hmm. So ultra present meaning, Everybody has regrets about, um, I wish I spent more time with when they were young. Mm -hmm. like, when do they grow up, right? Mm -hmm. And both my wife and I both it, it always had it in our minds that we don't want to wake up, you know, when they're 10 and 15 years old and wondering where did their childhoods go. And mm -hmm. so therefore, we never really had nannies. We didn't have daycares. We didn't put them in school too early. Um, and we wanted to be at home. And so we kind of, we worked from home. We crafted our design. We designed our lives so that um, we could be ultra, ultra present with them. And so there are these days that we kind of have that regret of like, why is there a three <laughs> and a half girl oh, hanging we've... from an entire pot full of 200 degree wags? Um, this is not the, this Did is not what they 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 feel like they help they absolutely feel like they help but they just get in the way but it's fine it's great um there are times when you know 
it's carrying 3000 pounds of equipment or materials up and down the flight of stairs, like to, to take it to, to load it, to take it to the couriers or to bring it in when they come in raw form. Mm -hmm. And so we'll send them up and down the stairs with, you know, five pound boxes of materials. Okay. You take this down and you bring this up you take this down and you bring it up. And so in that way, you know, we try to incorporate them in any way we can, Helping but, is, um, is but, solid. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, so, um, I'll, so, so Carmelite is um, again uh, has a, a number of different sales channels. Mm -hmm. One, we are um, uh, online. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, we're in boutiques across the country, mm -hmm. um, and then we also do B two B stuff with them as well. And so um, Facebook, Instagram, Adobe, oh, okay. yeah. So a, a, there's a number of companies that so we branded. create branded candles oh, or, or really private cool. private label candles, and so um, that's a big component of the business there as well. Dang, all by hand too. All by hand. It just blows my mind. Anything else you're working on right now? Yeah, a couple of other things. <laughs> you're and like, so I haven't taken a break. They, yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, I have been leading brand strategy for a nonprofit, and they're in the education space. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing amazing, amazing things. They're called Instruction Partners. They're based out of Nashville, and they basically um, they they give uh, small school districts um, and schools that are underserved with um, better curriculum, um, more more appropriate curriculum, better ways to teach that. Mm -hmm. And so they work with uh, school districts and leaders. Um, uh, to form better, uh, better education. That's awesome. um, and so, so I do, I leading a lot of brain strategy and design for them. Um, I am also kind of early for another startup, which is for big and tall men and it's called Holton. And so, um, I think as of today, they might actually be going live today. Yay! And so it is a, it's, um, it's an underserved community. Big and tall men's clothing is really bad. It's really poor. Um, quality is poor. Selection is poor. Um, and so the entire experience is actually really, really bad. And so uh, there's a digital native vertical brand. And so it's called Holton. And so we're trying to get that kind of up and running to serve a community that has been underserved. Mm -hmm. um, and then I need to do Big and Tall Women next. So Big and Tall Women is actually that uh, there have been, from what I understand, um, that has been solved. Yeah, um, not I fully, think, but there are a lot. There are really great experiences for yeah. for that. But for men, they have been forgotten. Yeah. And so we're well, trying to create, we're trying to get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've got another, an, another side project that I also started that I started earlier this year. Um, and that is called, uh, it's faith. It's called faith by art. Oh, okay. And it's basically, um, uh, designed, uh, art for, uh, the Christian community. And so, um, cool. basically I take all of the text of the New Testament mm -hmm. and I created on a super large 54 by 36 inch print um, and the entire Bible is t written on there. That's and then really I, cool. and I create iconography around it um, uh, uh, to, to create just a fun new art nouveau kind of experience for the Christian community. That's really and good. So, it's not um, all script font, is it? It is not all script font. No, because <laughs> no. everything is all script that font. That would be that would be really tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, a lot of different things, right? So a lot of different things. But I think you know um, one of the keys to being a a, a good designer is um, you have to you can't you can't always serve one community. Your your visual language has to be diverse. And um, and so keeping these various industries in my back pocket and working with them and having the ability and opportunity to be able to work within these industries sharpens your design and my mm. branding skills. And so... Well, yeah, um, it sharpens your ability to create other visuals. Absolutely. Right, around yeah. what people need. Yeah. I love it. 
So before I ask my last question, um, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Um, yeah, so uh, I think, you know, I'm on, I'm on social media. <laughs> yes, right? you are. I, I am on social media. Um, so uh, it's it's either there or you can find me at any of these other websites that are. So it's faithbyart.com. Carmelit.com, oh. uh, What And then Design Apart. And Design Apart Studio is my portfolio site. So this is actually funny. I have never had to, because I've always worked for myself from the day I graduated college, I, I just worked for myself. So I've never had to put together a resume, nor have I ever had to have a portfolio. Right. I just, I've just never had to solicit myself. <laughs> and so only was it the beginning of this year after I sold, my, after, after Modify got acquired, was that, you know what? People probably want to be able to find me, and I probably want to let people know that I exist. So let me put together a portfolio site. And so designapartstudio.com is um, is my portfolio site. Um, and then my, all my contact information, ways to reach and reach me are there as well. I love it. Somebody asked me for a CV the other day, and I was like, A, what's a CV? And yeah. B, I don't do remnant resumes anymore. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> if you don't know who I'm, yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you can't figure out If you need a cover letter, just call me. Let's yeah. go have coffee. Yeah, That's we'll, my cover yeah, letter. Yeah, we'll do the thing. Like, check out my well, my myriad of exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 Awesome. Okay. So final question. Um, what is the one thing every business owner needs in their branding? Um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing, the biggest driver of success in my opinion is you have to be genuine. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you have to be purposeful and genuine. If you're trying to scam someone or, or make an easy buck or not really solve a problem mm -hmm. um, that exists, then I think that's when you sell yourself short and then whatever community you try, you're trying to design for. And so I think being genuine and having an honest conversation with yourself um, about why you do what you do, mm -hmm. um, what problem you're trying to solve. Are you making this problem up or does this problem actually exist that you are trying to solve for? Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, I think the, the biggest challenge is be be genuine. Right. And identify uh, identify uh, a challenge and, and go solve it as mm -hmm. opposed to just inventing a challenge. And then then you're solving something that nobody cares about. Um, and so I think from for any for any company, mm -hmm. um, if you're trying to solve real problems, then you will succeed. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah. I thanks for having it. me. This has been great. Yay. That was fun. Awesome. I love it. Cool. That was quick. That was easy. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast to be inspiring, helpful, and entertaining, please like and subscribe. This helps us grow the community and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about this episode's guests or accessing any of the books or other resources mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out the description box below. Until next time, be abundant.